Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Bass Edge Nation, here we are, August 1st, episode 285. Aaron, are you fired up because it feels like fire outside, my friend? <laughs> yes, it does, man. As a matter of fact, it's kind of even hard to find a place cool enough to go swimming. The water seems to be boiling. And, you know, Kurt, you mentioned that this is our 285th episode, and that means 285 times that Megaware Keelguard has helped bring the juice to all of Bass Edge Nation. And, of course, we cannot do it without them. Be sure to put on the protection the pros pick. Ask for it by name, MegaWare Keelguard. Visit them at keelguard.com. That's right. And just to keep in mind, I'm not sure if we mentioned this last episode or not, but uh, MegaWare Keelguard has stepped up the game. All Bass Edge Nation listeners can save 15% for purchases from MegaWare Keelguard. All they got to do is go to keelguard.com. And as they're checking out, the promo code is going to be all uppercase letters, the word Bass Edge all together. B A S S E D G E. That's right. Megaware Keelguard giving 15% off your purchases at keelguard.com. Aaron, we have got a crazy episode coming. We are excited with uh, our featured angler for this show. I just want to give a quick shout out to Bass Blaster. Kumar continues to bring the goodies. Make sure if you're not on the Bass Blaster email, just send a quick email to bassblaster at bassgold.com and you too will receive the bass blaster see all kinds of great information a great little video that he did from iCast it's about a 10 minute video five second clips guys talking about everything that happened at iCast you want a quick update bass blaster is where you get that quick update so Aaron without further ado we're going to move right into the protecttheharvest.com tackle tip here we go This episode's ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip with Nick LeBrun. Hey guys, Nick LeBrun here. The reason I made exact cast bass fishing was just I wanted to dive deeper than just marking waypoints in practice. Exact cast is a great way to just use it as a digital notepad. Remember exactly where you have these bites. Whether you're fishing shallow, pitching and flipping, or sight fishing in the spring, even if you're using the app for offshore lineups and fishing things that you have to have a certain angle on, ExactCast is a great way to just approach your tournament with more confidence. Right now, it's available for Apple products on the App Store for $19.99. ExactCast Bass Fishing, check it out today. Great tip. Thanks, Nick. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and Marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Livewell, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. 
enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. I saw a lot of posts from ICAST, and I don't think you got much time to walk around, though, from my understanding. I did not. It has been a crazy time. ICAST, putting on my session two of Kids Camp is completed, and uh, that went really well. If anybody's interested in that, obviously, they can go to my Facebook page, Pro Bass Camp. It's a pretty neat deal. Love to see those uh, young campers in action out there on the water. But you're exactly right. ICAST was a crazy mess for me, Aaron. I was out there obviously working with Hayabusa fishing hooks. Barely ever got out of my little 10 by 10 booth. It was a busy deal. But one thing I wanted to do, because Aaron, we love Megaware Keelguard. Everybody knows that, is to go visit my friends over there, Tori and Ryan and Guy. And uh, I learned a couple of additional things at ICAST. And that's one of the great things about ICAST is learning so much more about different products, lures, rods, reels, really seeing everything that's out there. And Megaware Keelguard, look, I've got to say a couple of key things real quick. Contoured edge. I never knew this about Keelguard, but if you've got that boat that's maybe a 2002, 2004, 2010, and you do not have a guard on your keel, you need to get a Megaware Keelguard. The contoured edge makes super easy installation. You don't have to deal with putting in any extra silicone putty or any of those kind of things to seal it on the side. The 3M adhesive with the protective liner is really going to do an awesome job and the contoured edge keeps out all the dirt, rocks, and any of those kind of things that we're using these keel guards for. They've got great balance. They are very pliable and just overall the research and technology with the hydrodynamic drag reduction channels. And I can go on and on, Aaron, but MegaWare Keelguard making some awesome products. In later episodes, we're going to talk about some additional products that have been really good for uh, MegaWare. But overall, Aaron, ICAST was a phenomenal event. I think one of the best ever. Did you get some uh, tips and tricks from some stuff you saw online? Yeah, you know, and just kind of scoping and then also talking with several of you guys that were down there. My question, I guess, to follow that up is where do you think the pulse of the industry is right now, Kurt? Is it pretty healthy? I mean, the sport, when you when you think about the college and the high school angling and then obviously just in the adult tournament trail, are we looking pretty good, do you feel? I do. I do. You know, We've got so many cool things. You know, FLW did some things to really up the ante on their tour. The busy aisles there at ICAST, the economy seems good. Retailers are doing pretty well. Um, And new products that are coming out. Everybody continues to raise the bar. So I think that always keeps everything fresh. Overall, I I think the industry is in great shape. I'm really excited about things. Just over the last three or four years with MLF becoming very popular and those kinds of things, you know, Bass Elite series still doing really well also as far as folks checking in and watching that kind of stuff i think the competition in the industry is creating a better product for all of us anglers so well that's... yeah no doubt and i mean one of the things you and i were talking off air was just with like what's one of bass edges sponsors mercury obviously they went to all yeah. four strokes made the big announcement so you know i'm looking forward to i've got one on order making the switch over i've never ran a four stroke but i've heard once you do you'll never go back so uh looking forward to that as well but as future episodes unfold and we actually get to put our hands on some of the stuff and actually try it in the water that's what I'm most looking
looking forward to versus just talking about it, Kurt. But uh, as you mentioned earlier, we have a jam-packed show, so we're going to get right to it. Let's head straight over to our guest who is already on the line for the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Hi, I'm FLW Tour Pro Pete Ponds. I am Bradley Hallman, two-time FLW Tour Champion. I am Strike King Pro Angler James Niggemeyer. I'm Bassmaster Angler Drew Benton. This is 2018 FLW BFL All-American Champion Nick LeBrun. Hold on tight. Bass Edge Radio is coming right back. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. This episode's featured angler has finished the 2018 FLW Tour regular season standing on top of the mountain. That's right. We have with us the FLW Tour Angler of the Year, Mark Rose. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Great to have you here again. Thanks, Kurt, man. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with all you guys fans out there. It's always a pleasure, man. Thank you. Well, Mark, actually, it's been about 18 months ago, March 1st, 2017, to be exact, since we had the opportunity to chat with you the last time, and you had just brought home the second of two FLW Tour wins in a row. Now, this year, you kind of skipped over winning a title and went right to the top of the mountain, like Kurt said, but finished the season at Angler of the Year champion. Congratulations. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. It's kind of humbling for kind of a soft-spoken conservative guy like me to have that label, but yeah, it is what it is, and I'm very thankful and uh, very appreciative. Well, Mark, you definitely tore it up this year. You had, obviously, the strongest year on tour out of anybody, but first, before we start talking about the way you approach this year and why you finished at the top of the heap in the Angler of the Year standings, I want to talk about some things that I feel that I see as you employ through your life, family and faith. And how yeah. has the reaction been at home since you won that Angler of the Year trophy? Oh, it's been really good. Um those three things are very important to me. Well, the fishing is probably the least important, but my support group back home, my wife, my two girls, my dad, they've all supported me my entire career. You know, I had so much to learn as a bass fisherman when I started back in 2000. I knew, you know, big bait fishing, power fishing, all that, but I had so much to learn all over the country. And it took a lot to be able to do that. It took a lot of travel. It took a lot of money. It took a lot of hope and a lot of faith. And, uh, you know, to be able to get that support if you're doing it on your own and everybody's kind of against it boy it would really make it tough but when you have a support group back home praying for you pulling for you supporting you encouraging you man it's just i can't say enough about how much it helps and to now be on top of the field and to get that award it means so much to me for them because they're the reason why i'm here and sure you know i don't need titles or anything like that to a feather in my cap or anything like that. I, I don't need any of that, really. I'm a pretty simple guy, but uh, to be able to get it for them, to, to earn that award for them, to receive that hug from them, 
and for me to give that honor and title back to them for all their support it really means a lot and they're very appreciative and so am i it was interesting you know coming down to the final stretch there at lake st Clair. you know you kind of gave it all up you know it was kind of out of your hands even before the event it seemed like you were really at peace with whatever happened you see a lot of people that they get tense they get real fired up and they kind of really show that to the public about you know how important it is to them but and i know it's important to you but at the same time there's so many other things that create this ability for you to be out there and fish. It's great to hear that through that family support and through that faith. You know, you've had a platform for years, but do you have any plans to really utilize this Angler of the Year momentum to push your faith? Well, I really do, Kurt. Outdoor ministry is a passion of mine. It's my heartbeat. It's my love. I wanted to do something for a career, something that I could just let the world know how much God loves them. And sportsman was, I feel like, my. Well, you can call it what you want, your, your calling or your outreach or your gift or whatever. It, it was, I felt like it was through fishing that I was to do that. And right. it just really felt right to me. I could make a living doing something that I love to do. But more importantly, the rock in the middle of all that was I could do it for God's glory and and to give him praise and to just, like I said, let people know how much he loves them. And, And sportsmen was the target group there, I felt like. So to be able to go to, you know, for churches to be able to call me or any uh, outreach group to come and speak at a fish fry or a dove shoot or whatever. Uh, They have all these outdoor ministry events all over the country. For me to stand up there as the professional and uh, and spread God's word to these people, it gives me credibility to be able to do that more, you know, and That's right. for more churches to, uh, uh, how about this Angler of the Year guy? We hear he's a Christian, um, right. and, and this guy that's, you know, won a couple tournaments, and I've heard good things about it. You know, the more you win, it just gives you more credibility, and yeah, it uh I'm, I'm going to be able to use that, I think, e- even more in the future because I think it advertises my Christianity more sure. to the sportsman. Makes a lot of sense. And just for folks that don't know, Mark has a uh, service, essentially, called the Fishing Church. We start practice on Sundays at the FLW Tour events, and, and Mark gets together at typically the main ramp for the event mm-hmm. and uh, has a Sunday service at every yeah. tournament. And I think that's one of the coolest things. I know a lot of people that don't fish the tour don't actually know about that stuff, but can you talk real quick about how that came to be? And I mean, I just think it's a neat thing. It, it just really shows that you're not just out here, you know, saying one thing or the other. You're living this life and living it to the fullest extent. Yeah, well, thank you, Kurt. Um, that's probably the greatest compliment that uh, a Christian can receive. But how it came about was I always went to church on Sundays. Even our first day of practice in every FLW tour event is on a Sunday. And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this is the only way to live at all. I'm not. But sure. for me, what felt comfortable for me and what I felt led to do was take my family to church every Sunday. And, and for me to, as the man of my uh, head of my household, to, to try to be at church. And I was pretty consistent with that. Well, then when I started going fishing, I was like, just because I'm I'm fishing, 
I don't want it to change who I am and, and what I do and the staples in my life and the foundations that I have laid in my life. So I went to church and it cost me half a day of practice every time. But I felt like, you know, it, it, that's OK. That's what I do. And it, and it was worth it. Well, I just felt led one Sunday. Uh, a guy wanted to go to church with me. And I said, yeah, man, come on. He's like, yeah, I didn't know you did that. I, and it just dawned on me that there might be other guys in that same situation. Some guys are very content while they're on the road. They just practice and go to church at home, and that's fine. Sure. Everybody has their different way of doing things, but I just felt like, well, there may be some other guys that might want to go to church, but the church normally starts at 1030 or 9-ish, but you give up a lot of practice there. Well, right. I said, you know, the most important part is – that we put God first and, you know, on a Sunday morning, kind of what our generation has set aside to worship God. Um, That's just kind of what's being done all across the country now. Well, so I just started a fishing church. I said, we'll we'll start at about 30 minutes before daylight and we'll go about 20 minutes. It's a simple non-denominational. We're just, you know, just Christians and it's not a denomination thing. We're just uh, open the word of God and we share some passage out of there, with, whether it's me or ask another Christian to do it and um, share something simple, maybe a few illustrations or words. And then uh, and then we have a prayer with the group praying for the, the concerns, you know, People like sure. Glenn Brown and 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 all yes. of our Christian brothers that are struggling, uh, we just lift them up. So that was the reason for all that. That's so. awesome. I second also what Kurt says, Mark. That's just who you are, and you know certainly spirituality affects all of our lives, not just in the fishing realm, but whether it's work or your relationships. And you know another aspect of that that we spend a lot of time talking on Bass Edge is is kind of that mental aspect. And you know you have to have that spiritual foundation to be able to be a success in anything you do. So kind of switching. Right years over into just the tournament mentality and how that kind of plays out in your day. How do you take that component and strive for a limit, then be able to go and shift into another gear to look for bigger fish? Or do you just really look for five bass in every day of the event and whatever happens, happens? Well, this is going to sound cliche, but I don't have any preset anything in bass fishing. It's Whether it's goals or daily deal, I've got one thing that I strive for and that's with titles that's with goals that's with daily activities that's with practice and that's in a tournament and that is every morning when I put my feet on the bed I honor God by talking to him and and, and praying and then I ask him to help me be the best fisherman that I can be that day meaning go out and I work as hard as I can that day to do my best and I ask for his you know God's guidance in it in it all and uh and that's my goal whether that's I feel like you know, catching five real quick. I'm just trying to do my best. You know, sometimes it means, well, go catch you a big one first and then catch the limit. Or sometimes it's catch a limit and then uh, later on in the day, try to catch a kicker. I try not to have that preconceived game plan. I just go out and I fish what kind of comes to me. That just kind of being really being and in it, the moment. It, yeah, just trying to stay in the moment and being the best I can be in that given minute, hour, fishing day period. So, yeah, I just it's funny to think like that, but I don't try to have any preconceived anything. Very important, I think, as well. You know, in some of these questions that we're talking about right here, these are day-to-day angler questions because they're trying to figure out, you know, exactly what is it that this – 
fisherman's doing that's putting him above everybody else and 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 i think it's really important for anglers to understand and that's why we're asking these questions is that the analysis of fishing or the strategy of fishing is a lot of what you just said you know putting something in the moment taking a day as it comes and and i think it's important for anglers to understand it's not always you know i've got to do x to achieve y it's go out and exactly. see what this is all about. Yeah. So there's no real easy answer to any of these questions. It's almost like day in and day out, things can change. But, and here's another question that often comes up is when to stay and when to go. You know, you you have these circumstances that you encounter throughout a competition day and anglers struggle in their mind. I thought there were some nice fish here. Do I stay here and continue to try and work through this and try and get a few more key bites? Or when do I know? it's time to move on and try something different or try pattern B because pattern A didn't work out. So what is your mentality when you're looking at those types of strategies of when to stay and when to go? Yeah, I'm going to answer that question. I'm going to back up real quick and go back to the last question uh, and then I'm going to come to that one. But I was going to give an illustration to the whole limit thing. You know, Brian Thrift, uh, this is just an example that I thought of. He holds the record right now for the most consistent limits on FLW. He's got like a 947 daily tournament limits you know it's just something crazy some crazy i think it's number. in the 50s i think but, it's like 58 or 60 limits in every straight right. in all the competition right. days that he's fished the last 60 days or whatever it is he's called a limit that's that's right well here's something that i'm willing to bet i'm willing to bet that every time brian thrift goes out he's not trying to break that limit he's not trying to set out to go catch a limit because he ends up doing good most of the time catching a lot mm-hmm. more than just those five bass. and what i'm getting at is he's fishing in the moment and he's trying to be instinctive and, and do all those things you just when you're doing that a lot of times you you catch your limit and you you grow stronger as a fisherman and things like that so the limits come if you just try to do your best every you do your best every time and and forget about things like that then it's going to help you in the long run now getting back to the question you know a lot of tournament fishing is about strategy now and that strategy you got to realize something well they'll only let us weigh in five bass so if you have let's say a big school of fish going and you know you're going to catch a lot of fish, or you've got several places where you've been catching a lot of fish. It sounds simple, and it sounds, again, cliche, but again, they will only let you weigh in five. So you have to use your strategy to be able to catch the biggest five that you possibly can. So if you're in a school, and you catch your five pretty quick and get you a limit, well, right then, immediately start thinking about the bigger fish that's in that school. Let's say you're on a ledge at Kentucky Lake, and you're throwing a football jig, and you're catching three-pounders, and they're all three-pounders. Pick up a big swim bait. Pick up a worm as long as your leg. Pick up a big hair jig as long as your arm. Pick up a big spinner bait of 10XD. Something like that to try to trigger the because a lot of times in these schools, my mindset is always there's big fish in there. Three pounders don't just run around and say, okay, all the three pounders in the lake, y'all come follow me. Right, there's right. bigger fish. Those fish are there because there's something, there's it's a feeding opportunity. It's a good place. It's got a lot of shad. It's got a lot of crawfish, whatever. So my mindset is always try to catch the biggest fish that you can in the school. And if you've done that, then move on. Because a lot of times when you go somewhere new, you catch the biggest fish in the school, if that makes sense. 
It absolutely makes sense, Mark, and I'd like for you to follow up with that. Okay, so that's a one day, and I kind of think mm-hmm. where the rubber hits yep. the road for you, like Kurt and yourself, you know, you guys are out there three or four days. And how do you go about, you know, it's it's this term called managing your fish. Well, they're wild animals, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's not like you're a bear trainer. Yeah. You get in a school like that, do you catch your five and leave to come back for that in future days? Can you walk us through what goes through your brain in that type of scenario? Well, I'm always looking for, okay, what did Kurt, Dove, and all the other good fishermen out there, what do I think that they probably didn't find? And I'm thinking, again, this is all strategy, so... If we were just going out fun fishing, we'd hit everything we got. But in a multi-day event, you know what you've found in practice, how special it is. And if you feel like you've found the winning fish, potentially, you start thinking of, okay, what's the community stuff? What's the well-known stuff? What have I seen other people fishing? What do I think others have found? And then I try to hit that first, saving things that I feel like people haven't found yet. Right, so that's right. always my strategy. Save the stuff that people I don't feel like is going to get as much pressure. And then hopefully by day three, I'm tapping into some virgin fish that haven't been pressured over the last few days. Yeah. The reality of it, I think a lot of anglers feel like, okay, you're on a spot or a specific cast that, uh, you know, you're just cranking them in every time. And, and sometimes that occurs. But um, as far as fishing a three or four day event, I feel like especially with competition these days, you you have got to catch as much as you can catch every day. Sure. If you're on a school of three pounders and you catch, you know, 12 in a row, and then you've thrown some things that might trigger a bigger bite and and it doesn't work out to continue to sit there and catch three pounders is not going to help anybody. So you you just got to move on and look for some bigger fish. But I feel like that question kind of stems from anglers thinking about, well, you know, going back to that, well, I I caught my limit here. I got to leave. Well, you know, it, it really yeah. just depends on where you're at. I mean, you, you got to have a general idea of what it takes to do well. Now, I'll, I'll say this, and I don't know if you were, Mark, but St. Clair, I was taken back, you know, 40th place at 20 pounds. I was shocked. I mean, typically 17 and a half, 18 is an above average bag at St. Clair, but this year it yeah. was out of control. That's right. And again, people don't realize, I keep saying this, that tournament fishing is all about strategy. And a lot of people don't realize what's going in through a certain fisherman's mind. It's more important than anything that particular week that he gets a $10,000 check. And then the next fisherman may be doing a little better. Things may be good and uh, he may be shooting for something bigger. And there's always an outlying thing in your strategy or an underlying thing in the middle of your strategy that causes you to do different things for instance you mentioned st Clair. i fish way too conservative at st Clair, and i'm not a numbers crunching guy i don't look and go back and look at things in the past i'm a more instinctive fisherman but the worst thing that could have happened to me was leaving kentucky lake with a huge lead and having a long gap in between then and kentucky lake because i had time for my mind to wander and i don't even do that i don't get caught up in angler of the year races tournament win anything like that but i did that particular time i don't know why I guess titles really don't mean anything to me. That Again, it means something to me for my my sponsors and my family and God and things like that. But, man, I'm building a house, and I started seeing, well, here's here's $100,000 in a boat. (laughs) So I'm no dummy. I was seeing $100,000 right there. I got a 64-point lead. So I start looking back, and I look in every tournament in the past 20 years, that's been on St. Clair. And the most weight in any tournament for 64th place, which is what I needed to lock it up, or better, 
was 34 pounds and 7 ounces. 34, right. 7. Well, let me just make this a quick uh, illustration. I caught 36, 8, and it wasn't able to happen. So just like Kirk says, I was kind of blown away. I, I found an area that had lots of fish. It had lots of three, three and a quarter, some three and a half. And I said, this right here will get me to where I need to be because I'll be able to cull up all day. Sure. And I should have 18 pounds a day. And my game plan worked perfect, but everybody else decided to have a different game plan and they just (laughs) decided to show up and catch them (laughs) see i had we're talking you know different scenarios and strategies i had areas that i had caught every day of practice i averaged about 20 pounds but i had this one area where i could catch tons of fish and all those areas that i had caught those bigger fish in were random they were spread out it was one here an hour later another four pounder an hour later i catch a four and a quarter and so there was nothing that was a guarantee and if you remember that first day we had some wind and uh it was tough i was over in canada and some of it was on the north side, some of it was on the south side, and it was just hard to be able to go and run around, and I was catching fish the whole time. So that was an area where catching a lot of fish, and, and one, it didn't do really what I needed to do. Sure. Well, I'll tell you what, we've got to get to a quick break. This is going to be the Lawrence Electronics break in action. We're going to return in a moment with FLW Tour Angler Mark Rose following these messages. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio presented in part by Mercury Marine returns with the 2018 FLW Tour Angler of the Year, Mark Rose, in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products, oil that surpasses all manufacturer's requirements. Be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store to see the entire lineup. It works. Mark shooting right back into it, you know, talking more about AOI championship, you know, just the way things worked out for you this year. Want to be sure we tap on all of these questions that really anglers are itching to find out answers to. And, and one of those is what do you do on a tournament day when you feel like the wheels are falling off? How do you salvage that day? And along with that, want to kick it back to this AOI season. What was your biggest challenge you had to overcome this Well, just know in bass fishing, everybody should know always that there's going to be tough days. We go to some places where, you know, are just tough. And we go to some times like this Forcewood Cup coming up mid-August and all this. And and then we go to places that just don't have fish. Unfortunately, our tournament organizations are going to go where the money is. So they know that we're going to catch some fish. So there's going to be tough days. You have to know that entering into your season and entering into some tournaments where you kind of know it's going to be a tough fishery. So you've always kind of got to have a grind mode in your gear, so to speak. If it's tough and you're hot and your legs are hurting and your back's hurting and you just say, well, man, I'm just going to take an hour break. Don't do that. You can take an hour break when you get home. Grind it, man. You might find something in that little grind period. That may be where you pick up your little confidence survival kit, so to speak, what I call it, a little shaky head or a drop shot or a little wacky worm and just one changes your whole mood around one tip would be have a grind mode and what do you think was the biggest challenge day two kentucky lake i'm leading the points after smith lake 
not by much. I've only got Brian Thrift and Scott Martin and John Cox, just a couple guys, you know, that been known to catch one or two. Uh, and I have them right on my heels. Well, there's no place I'd rather go in that scenario than Kentucky Lake. I know they're going to catch them, but I feel like I can catch them better. That's my confidence kicking in. I may sure. not, but I'm very comfortable fishing Kentucky Lake. Well, day one, I don't catch very much. I have a bad day for me on Kentucky Lake. And everybody's right. Chris Johnston, oh, he's another one in the mix, the young and upcoming stud. Well, he catches them a little better than me. And Brian Thrift's right down there around me. And Scott shows out a little bit. He comes from out of nowhere. And I'm like, man, I don't want to be sitting on my deer stand this winter going Kentucky Lake cost me the angler of the year. I'm okay if St. Clair does. It's not right. like somewhere I fish all the time. It's not a confidence level, although I feel like I'm confident anywhere. That's just my mentality. But here it is, slipping away. And then I've let these carp kind of intimidate me and throw me off of my game plan. I go there and I start to try to catch them offshore like I normally do. Well, they're leaving. They're going out deep. And I start to realize that throughout day one, and especially when I come in to weigh in and see the guys that you don't catch 25, 26 pounds on the bank at Kentucky Lake at that month. You just don't, unless the water's really up. So I knew where those bags were coming from. I mean, I knew it. Well, I said, well, what has happened is these fish have gotten more offshore. The current was really rolling when we got there. Well, what happened was the current slowed down, and I think those carp just kind of repositioned. They suspended a little more, and it allowed us to be able to see those fish better down deep because I had not been back to do it since day one in practice. So there's been several days go by there that I haven't been out there to check them. So day two, my mindset is I'm fixing to get back in this thing or I'm fixing to leave it all right here trying. And I go out, just me, my confidence, the good Lord support, and I go out there and just do my deal. And uh, that proved to me right there that I can still do it. When everything is on the line, I can rely back to my strengths and still produce because I was, I mean, at that given time, I was doubting my ledge fish abilities anymore because we don't get to do it quite as much as whenever I was winning those tournaments and I really took advantage of some early on electronic deals. So anyway, that was the biggest challenge to overcome day two of Kentucky Lake, but I did. And gosh, you talk about confidence. I felt like at that moment right there, I could do anything in fish, you know, because that was the biggest obstacle that I felt like I had been faced with in a long time. And I was able to come out on top with it. A lot of confidence. Yeah, that's a great story. And, you know, we've spent a lot of time here, Mark, talking about the past. Now let's jump ahead to the future and just literally right around the corner in a couple of weeks. You're in your home state of Arkansas in Lake Ouachita, the FLW Cup. You know, in 2010, you finished 29th there. How have you prepared for this year's event and where are you, you know, expecting to find yourself kind of at the end of the event? Well, obviously, momentum is always huge in our sport. And I'm going to try to take that momentum to Lake Ouachita. Having said that, those fish, even though I'm from Arkansas and I'm the angler of the year, they really don't care. They could care less who's fixing to show up. They're going to be tough. It's going to be a tough fishery. It's going to be hot. The water's going to be hot. There's going to be a thermocline. Everything is going to be tough there. So I just have to 
again, go to grind mode. I have to uh, know that it's going to be tough. I have to physically prepare myself, even starting right now, you know, even a couple weeks ago. Sure. I, I really have to stay hydrated, eat really nutritional food, and try to do away with as many wastes and things like that putting in my body because I need it in tip-top shape. And that helps your mind as well. I've said it a lot. It sounds simple. It sounds kind of goofy, but I like to spend as much time as I can with the man that made all these fish. And that's where my spiritual life comes in and, and I try to, you know, ask God when I get in these tough situations to help me and just try to prepare physically, mentally, spiritually for a really tough tournament at Lake Wachita because it's going to be that way. Some guys are going to catch them and I want to be right there in that loop, but I've got to have everything in line to be able to put myself in the position to catch them. Sounds like the right plan. Preparation is always the key to success. So I've got to ask you one other quick question before we go to our episode's listener question. You've had two amazing years, 2017 and 2018. Obviously, 2017, you win two tour events. Not only just win two, but they were back-to-back. 2018, you win the Angler of the Year title. In 2019, if you can repeat one of those years, two event wins or an AOI win, which one would you choose? (laughs) Oh, I'd choose the two wins. Uh, that's the, the two most wins. Money. <laughs> there you go. I'm kind of kind of like Brian Thrift. It, it, <laughs> I answer the question meaning which one's gonna. Like I said earlier, Kurt, titles are great and they're great for my sponsors and the longevity right. of me being out here because it gives sure. me the most marketing ability and exposure and value, so to speak. But I'm going to tell you, we can get out here and we can work for these companies and we can make a good, conservative, honest living, but there's nothing like whenever they hand you one of those $125,000 checks. Those are those are. <laughs> I haven't experienced that yet, but I'm finding <laughs> that path to get there, my friend. <laughs> I hear you, man. You, you're one of the best out there. Um, but I tell you, it would be that for me. Tournament wins. Absolutely. That. Awesome. I don't, all right. Uh, Angler good. of the Year is great, but that trophy just sits there like all the rest of them. That's good. You hear some diversity in that kind of answer. And, and the last couple guys I've asked, I think they've leaned toward the AOI title. So it's cool to see this other perspective. And, and I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I'm all in. So. Yeah, you're all about anyway. Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. <laughs> That's right. Show me the Show money. Me the- <laughs> Well, I, you know, I don't want it. I don't want that answer to sound like no, our no, it, is all about yeah, the money because I'm not. But right. titles don't mean anything to me. Sure. They really don't. Sure. I can honestly sit here and say that that trophy sits on my bookshelf after I won. It's all about who's going to be the 2019 Angler of the Year right now. It yes. doesn't matter who won Angler of the Year. That's over. It's been done with. I got the trophy. Whoopee. You know, there won't be a lot more other than just recognizing in, in radio interviews and people congratulating. It doesn't mean anything anymore. But if I can make it get a bonus check in, in an individual tournament for $125,000, that keeps me out here. That keeps sure. my wife and kids being able to, for me to be able to give them a better life. And if he wants me to have an over and beyond living, then I'm willing to receive that and try to use it for him. Sure, makes makes perfect sense. We're going to jump into uh, this episode's listener question. This question is brought to us by our proud partner here at Bass Edge Radio, Nitro Performance Bass Boats. And this question comes from a gentleman in Kansas City, Kansas, Noah Skolnick. What is your approach to targeting fish during August on ledges? The fish have now seen every bait in my box. I'm not 
not getting as many bites as earlier in the summer months. How are you going to keep some consistency during this seemingly difficult time of year? Well, here's one thing that you really need to remember in August is that a fish's metabolism is really slowed down a whole lot. That water temperature is hot, and that's why a worm, simple, slow, moving, you know, if you like throwing a soft jerk bait, whereas in the spring you might work it a little bit faster, this time of year, work it slower. And don't be scared to use a rubber worm. We all grew up with an old red shad worm with a 316-ounce weight and a three-aught hook. That seems to be what every fisherman in the world, at least in my generation, we all used. That is still a great bait in the hot summer months. And have that as your little survival kit, whether it might be a shaky head, it might be a drop shot. Go lighter, go simple, don't go with a lot of action. Don't be scared to throw a rubber worm and really slow down. Fishing shade can really help. That cools off the water considerably. So shade lines, stay above the thermocline, use rubber worms, and slow way down. Well, Noah, there you go. And Mark, thanks for answering Noah's question. It's uh, only one time a year that we get to claim that the question was answered by the uh, Angler of the Year champion. But Noah, hey, we need another thing from you, and that is to contact us either through our Facebook or social media pages or simply log on to BassEdge.com, click on that Claim Your Prize tab, and we will get out the Bass Edge gift sent directly to you. And as always, a reminder to Bass Edge listeners, send in those questions for the show via our website at BassEdge.com to have a shot at winning another awesome gift from Bass Edge Radio. You can also email us, support at BassEdge.com, or continue to visit those social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We will be there to receive those questions and get them heard right here on Bass Edge Radio. Well, Mark, you said it best earlier. It could be a grind out there and certainly with the heat, it is going to be very, very important to stay hydrated. So uh, it's going to be a hot one for this year's FLW Cup. Any closing remarks for Bass Edge listeners? No, not really. Uh, I just uh, really thank the opportunity to, to come on and share with all the fans. And, you know, I have to send a shout out to my sponsors. I couldn't do what I do without them. And it certainly helps me. Like Kurt said, confidence breeds success. And I've got a lot of confidence in all my sponsors like Lucas and Lucas Oil, keeping my engine, you know, in top performance. So, you know, uh, shout out to all my sponsors. Very thankful and proud to have them. Good stuff, Mark. We're going to send you off with our final segment. Four last questions for you. You ready for this? Uh oh. Okay. <laughs> What's the current song you've got on rotation in your tow vehicle? Oh, that's easy. Uh, Hillsong Worship. What a beautiful name. That song talks about three different phases of God. It's what a wonderful name it is, what a powerful name it is, and what a strong name it is. And that's God to me. So it keeps me in perspective. Keeps you in check, keeps you rocking on to the next event, making sure. That's that's exactly right. You talked about it earlier. That's awesome. What is your favorite TVA lake? Kentucky. I love fishing offshore ledges and anymore in tournament fishing these big fields and all that we fish with it it just kind of makes it tough have a lot of running into one another we had episode like that where we've had the famous quote out there taking it to the house and sure so we uh we've run into a lot of that in tournament fishing well kentucky lake is 70 80 however many miles long and you can win that tournament from dam to interstate 40 bridge and on both sides of the river so it just gives a lot of diversity and a lot of ledge fishing out there a lot of water to fish and something that you like to do so that makes a lot of sense and that's right if you had to pick 
the next FLW rising star, who you got? The next rising star. That would almost be impossible to say one. I feel like there's a core group in there with Justin Atkins and Brandon Cobb. Uh, and there's even a few more in there. Those two names really come to mind first and foremost. But I'd be willing to say, go out on a limb and, and throw you a monkey wrench in this and say, we might not have even seen him yet. These guys are so strong coming out of high school and college. We're teaching them really well, and we may not have even heard of them yet. That's a great point. We are teaching them really well. That's a fact. What is your biggest bass, your your PB? What's your PB? Well, 10-15 in the, the big catch fest that where Dean Rojas broke the record in the Bass Top 150 on Lake Toho. Yeah. I caught a 10-15. No GPS, so I didn't have a waypoint. I tied a white floating worm on a piece of reed because I told Ken Cook, I was rooming with Ken Cook, who has since passed away. Yes. Great guy. I told him I found like an eight-pounder on the bit, and I asked him how to catch it. I'd never been in any sight fishing deal before, so I marked it with a white worm. I go out, and I, tie, I have like 15-pound line and uh, have this little hook and little white tube he told me to throw. So I pitch in there, and I catch one, and it's not him. It's like a five-pounder. So I throw it in the live well, kind of a bonus deal, and I'm, and I'm like, this, I'm kind of bummed out because I thought the big one had left and that one had taken over. I throw right. my white, I'm over the top of the bed. I pitch in in the middle of it with my white tube and I'm backing up with my trolling motor. I'm like, okay, I'm fixing the fastest fish. This is going to be exciting. I'm going to go through all these different phases. Well, I look up and my white tube is swimming out in the middle of the lake. So I just <laughs> give a little half-hearted hook set and it weighed 10, 15. I didn't get to do all of my exciting sight fishing that I was really pumped up to do, but I was glad that it happened that way because if I'd have seen that fish hit with 15-pound line, I'd have broke my... <laughs> Broke my line, I'd have snapped it. So that's awesome. That's man. the exciting story of my ten fifteen. I love to call it eleven, but it's ten fifteen. That's a great story, and in, in one of the uh, all time smash fests that uh, we've seen in the bass fishing world. It didn't um, win big bass. It was right. third biggest bass that day. John Sappington had eleven something, and David Walker had an eleven something. Unbelievable! Yeah, that that whole tournament was a crazy smash fest, and and we've seen some smash fests since then. Obviously, the last event we just fished at St. Clair was a smash fest and uh, that's a great story I appreciate you sharing it Mark man I look forward to seeing you at the cup in a few weeks good luck out there gonna be rooting for you Bass Edge Radio will return right after these messages you know the importance of protecting your investments so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat grinding sand abrasive rocks and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology keel guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard Keel Protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment. The Powerpole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, Powerpole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, Powerpole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Powerpole, swift, silent, secure. Visit Powerpole.com to find a dealer near you. faced with this a lot of time there's so much information that we want to cover and you know certainly respect everybody's time and and mark sharing that time but uh i really found it interesting he dove off into 
how big of a part his spiritual side of the equation is to his fishing. Yeah, Mark Rose is the epitome of uh, of a Christian. <laughs> I mean, that, quite frankly, and he feels like, and, and I believe that it elevates his process of life. You know, it elevates his game, it elevates his home life, it elevates everything that he's a part of. And it's a huge piece of his being, you know, just in general. So I, I love hearing him, uh, you know, express his faith. You know, I, I personally have faith as well and believe in a lot of the same things that Mark does also. And I know, Aaron, that, that you do too. So I'll speak for you as well, um, just because of our conversations in the past. So it's fun to hear, interesting to hear how that sets him up for his personal success. Well, Kurt, and, and, um, you know, I think the other thing is too, if fishing or sport or business or whatever was so simple that it only relied on fundamentals, everybody would be good at everything that they do. Yes, and, exactly. and I think it's, you know, he talked a lot about strategy. He talked a lot about beyond just line hooks, lures, you know, and where to go. Most yeah. of his interview this time versus 18 months ago when we had him on, everything then was about specific areas and baits. This time he took a totally different detour. And I just think that's really how guys are able to rise to the top and, and kind of be at the top of the food chain. I agree. And make no mistake, you heard it in the interview that he had outside thoughts affecting his performance. So even the best in the game, you know, he's been at it for a long, long time, won lots of big events. But even Mark Rose, as confident as he is, as we've all seen him dominate ledge events, self-doubt created an obstacle for him. Uh, he got over it at Kentucky Lake. But how many of you would think that Mark Rose had some self-doubt in the ledge fishing term? That's amazing to hear. But that is the concrete truth and reality of life and human nature. And he was able to overcome it. And and then even going forward, he knew the exact weight that it took over the last seven, eight, nine years of events at St. Clair to do conservatively well. And he shot for some conservative well positioning based on his AOI lead. And it didn't nearly cost them but I know that after he waited on day one, he was like, wow, because it did not solidify him to where he wanted to be. So it just shows even with the best in the game, we all fight some of the same mental aspects of this craziness that we do that's called bass fishing. And uh, quite frankly, I don't want to see that for anybody, but it's refreshing to hear because we do all fight it. Oh, absolutely. And which is the whole reason we've talked about it many times. Dr. Jay McNamara, the Psychology of Exceptional Fishing book, he addresses all of that type of stuff. And for those that uh, want to kind of dive off into that piece, be sure and go to BassEdge.com and pick up a copy of that. But in the meantime, Kurt, we have exhausted really uh, yes, we have. the welcome ready to of, roll. of the airwaves. <laughs> we, we've got to head out. So for Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin. We hope you have a wonderful couple weeks here of August. Stay hydrated, sunscreen, life jackets, and we look forward to seeing you August 15th for episode 286. So long, everybody. Edge is presented by MegaWare Keelguard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com and be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge, brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lawrence Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com. 